0: Welcome back, you guys. This is Richard Sachs and this Lost Arts Radio, our ongoing series of conversations with Gabriel offered by Dr. Gabriel Cousins, one of the most uh, interesting and amazing medical doctors with consciousness, common sense, and some great insights and experience to share that we have right now. And he's going to go into some unusual new territory today that I think we'll get a lot out of. So without further ado, let's bring him on. Welcome, Dr. Cousins.
1: Okay. Thank you. And we're going to do what we always do. We start with a prayer merging the heavens and the earth. And then we do dancing for three minutes as we dance for spiritual joy, which is extremely important in these extremely difficult times. Um, And then we'll meditate for a few minutes to kind of help remember who we are. And then we'll launch into "Love is the Fountain of Youth." Okay, so let's start with the prayer uh, again. I shemiku kudushabrihu u'shinateh bi'ilu arimulaihat shemukim b'lofke yidashur shemkuz rabakolam amen. And now a little bit of dancing. They were dancing for spiritual joy. Okay. Meditation, I'm going to do, if you don't have a meditation technique, we're going to do yod and in in-breath, and hey, in out-breath, wah and in in-breath, and hey, in out-breath. yod from the base to the heart, he out to the heart, wah from the base to third eye, and hey out to the heart. We just keep doing it. Till our mind is quiet. So another part of it is this is a soul to soul contact. So just feel the energy coming through. Call the shakti pot, yeah, here we go. Just look at my eyes for a minute or two before we go into meditation. meditation Yo slowly come out of meditation. Talk about love is the elixir of life. It's the fountain of youth. Now, I am not actually saying it as a metaphor. I'm actually saying something a little different. I'm saying it is. I'm saying that people in long-term loving relationships have a 49% less chance of dying. Some people who are connected with a lot of social relationships and, you know, with intimate friends have a 45% uh, less uh, percentage of, of dying. You know, they live that, they live longer. And... Uh, diet and exercise do play a role, and that, but they're not as important as this. I mean, this is the kind of missing ingredient that that goes on here. So, I want to just kind of talk about that. You know, it, it's 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 committed committed loving romantic at some level but that's the highest level of longevity but just a few points less than that we have people who who have close intimate friends and have good social relationships and it seems that those are really really important factors as much as exercise and good food and nutrition so how does this work? Well, what we're looking at is that the, this positive social interaction. And I'm going to kind of leave it at that level rather than you know, say an intimate relationship, but a positive social interaction releases a hormone called oxytocin, okay? The elixir of youth. That's how I call it. Because oxytocin is anti inflammatory. It uh, actually activates the development of, of uh, new brain cells, new neurons. Okay, and that's pretty important. It reduces pain, helps bone growth, prevents osteoporosis, makes people happy. Decreases cortisol, which is stress hormone, which also causes osteoporosis, and increases the, you know, the dopamine, which is the kind of uh, activates the uh, pleasure centers, um, and it decreases most chronic diseases because of that. We, we know that people with cancer, those who are in good, loving relationships have a much higher survival rate for the same type of cancer. All of this is real research. Um, and that brings us to Shakespeare. And uh, in Shakespeare, in, in the uh, play Taming of the Shoe, the quote is, frame your mind, mirth in merriment, which bars a thousand harms and lengthens life. So Shakespeare kind of figured it out. Okay? So, basically people who are married in a healthy, loving relationship have a little less risk of heart disease and cancer and Alzheimer's disease, that's very important, depression, and It's telling us a message. I mean, this really makes a, a, it's one of the drivers for long life. And again, if you're not in a close intimate relationship, the research shows one or two special friends, or five more intimate friends, then there's now a circle of 150 friends, something like that, also has that effect of, you know, at least a 45%, not 49, but that's still pretty close. Okay, so that's the, the, the key. It lowers the mortality risk. And that's kind of what we're talking about. And again, don't have to be happily married. You can have a network of good friends, two friends, and three, uh, you know, really five really close friends. And I'm talking about the risk of early death. So people who are depressed, people who are alone, people who are, they do a, have a higher percentage of early death. So, and then the third kind of component is, you know, the two sets of kinds of friends, but also being conscientious. You know, and the, the research from a variety of studies is people who are conscientious pay attention to the details of their life actually do live longer and that, that that's about a 44% decrease in mortality risk so that kind of gives us a little bit of a, of a clue but uh the oxytocin is the key it's it, you know it's about relationship it's about even with animals and humans when they stare and have a close Connection, stare at each other's eyes, it raises the oxytocin. And uh, that was uh, reported in the, in the Journal of Science, 2015. So this is really interesting to think about. Now, when you, why is this important? Why are we talking about this now? Because the world is making every effort to keep people separated and apart, and in fear and in anxiety. Antithesis, I'm going say it again, the antithesis of uh, what it needs for longevity, love, and well-being. Fear and anxiety. Okay? Um, but um, those are kind of like the bigger kind of uh, ways of, of looking at it. Now, there's a study that said uh, that they studied 700,000 people with cancer. Those who were married had between 12 and 20 and 33 percent less uh, or higher uh, chance of survival. Um, and so, that's important. And that fits with the idea of, of positivity as well as, as part of that story. Um, and so one of the things is to bring positivity into relationships. Think of things that are make you feel good, make other people feel good. Um, in, in a relationship, put reminders around the house of, of Positivity. That kind of thing. And one study in Japan showed that really not having friends, not meeting with friends uh, is detrimental to your health. So we are saying not just friends, but meeting with them on a weekly basis. So that's another little aspect of that. Some studies say once every two weeks, others say once a week, um And that's what we're looking at. And, and most people, uh, one anthropologist uh, from Oxford uh, showed that humans could have one or two like special friends and five intimate friends. And when you' look at your life, that's actually a lot and 150 kind of outer circle friends. Okay. Um, now this is not friends on Facebook. This is friends in person. The research shows that uh, friends on Facebook doesn't do it. it. makes no difference whatsoever. So that's just another consideration. Um, and so when you're with people, pay attention to them. Don't be fubbing, meaning being on your cell phone while you're in social interaction. I, uh, My wife and I, we were in Taiwan, and, and it's like the uh, Everywhere you go, people were into their cell phone. Even though we went to this very famous Chinese herb house tea house. Everybody sitting at their at their table looking at their cell phone. Think, wow, you know, it's like it was really a special tea house. It was designed for connection. And it was it was interesting. Uh, and people, warmth is important. Having a little hot a little cacao drink, you know, after a, an argument, uh, warming yourself up can actually deal with loneliness, okay? Um, uh, so, people feel more uh, trusting when they're warm and comfortable okay uh, now and it's a kind of conscientious people eat a good diet and exercise and meditate and do all those things so those are all kind of, of important parts of the, of the story so the research also shows that happy relationships are more important than work uh, or, you know, s- success in that way. So for for happiness. Um, the research clearly shows that lonely people had more health problems. Uh, men who had a good relationship with their mother, this is another set of combining a variety of research here, we're less likely to develop dementia and more likely to have professional success. So it's a good for men, good relationship with uh, the with mother. I think women's more with the father. Uh, and the quality of the relationship is more important than the quantity of the relationship. Okay? So uh, so a stable, supportive uh, marriage or intimate or sacred relationship is really important for longevities. Um, in, a, in a happy marriage, there's less dementia. That's another interesting piece. Um, so these are interesting. Now, generally, women live longer than men. But in the island of Sardinia, where they had six times the normal amount of centenarians, the men lived as long as the women. How come? Because the men were as social. Whereas in the last societies, men aren't so social. The women are a lot more social, and that's a very real, uh, real thing. Uh, so socializing, again, is a key to longevity. Um, uh, and it's the consistency of the relationship that's important. It's that one relationship, then another. It's the consistency of the relationship that, that kind of makes a, a, a difference. Uh, and, uh, again, again, a close relationship makes people happier even more than money does or power. Um, And the research is beginning to suggest that loneliness kills as much as smoking and alcoholism. So you can think about those things and say, oh my goodness, okay, this is serious. Um, And the key to healthy aging as a relationship, and actually, there's a study by, uh, Dr. Langer, and she had, uh, 30 years, she took people 30 years out of high school, she took a class, uh, you know, 30 years later, and they measured all their health perimeters and the thickness of their joints and everything, and, and, and in 10 days, the people were five were seven years younger. Ten days of playing what they listened to in high school and the socializing, uh, it, it actually literally changed their physiology. Um, and the sad thing is in the United States, there's more lonely people, uh, three times as many lonely people as there were in uh, 1985, and then you look at what they're trying to do with lockdowns and all the things they're doing. It's it's really uh, depleting people, destroying people. And we know that uh, <clears throat> since 1965, and versus 2013, the there is a uh, a 50% increase of people being remarried. So uh, 34% of the people greater than 65 remarried in 1960, and here 50% had remarried in uh, 2013. So socializing is the key to longevity. Love is the fountain of youth. And... That's the, the key. And we reflect on our society and what they're trying to do to us. Um, from a very early age, having kids wear masks. Um, it separates people, it breaks down communication, and it makes a lot of people unhappy because humans are social beings meant to have heart connections with each other. So I'm going to kind of leave you with that kind of understanding. And Richard, if you wanted to add something here? It's a really interesting subject. Cousins and, um
0: can certainly notice that our rulers who are trying to tear society apart are really using what you're seeing. Against separating people, yeah. Yeah, separation and fear. You know, I think fear is another big issue. There yeah. have probably been some kind of studies about fear and longevity, except it would be hard to find a control group. Right? <laughs> Got to find some people that are totally fearless. But yeah, I think there's a lot of validity in what you're saying. And I think one thing to just mention is that if people want good relationships, whether it's in marriage or friendship or... Work relationships or anything The usual emphasis Is on looking for the ideal person To be with you In a relationship And if that were Balanced out by looking at yourself Saying what am I bringing It would improve the relationship a lot And I think as you improve yourself In ways That you find are important It attracts a kind of person that's going to make a better relationship for you too. Wanted to get your feeling about that.
1: Yeah, there's uh, without a doubt. What I advise people is don't worry about finding a man or a woman. Work on yourself, and the right person will be drawn to you. That's right. They'll find you. Okay. Yeah. So that's a. I think a key thing the biggest thing is there's this health power of relationships that most of us don't realize and then when you see the masking of kids the lockdowns the breakdown of social communication, the use of the cell phones that keep people from really connecting with each other mm. all these things break down health and, and, and I believe and I don't have the exact statistic but In the United States The uh, Length of of life Has actually decreased two years Um, Right And the whole reality That's that's because of exactly what we're talking about Yeah we're
0: being pushed into Virtual reality Instead of physical reality
1: Right And again the virtual reality Facebook We're just pushing virtual reality Mm -hmm. Is not been shown to decrease the rate of mortality.
0: Right, so the school experience
1: for kids
0: is being changed toward virtual reality too, even in classrooms.
1: Yes, and it's hurting the kids. They're not doing so well academically. They're not as happy. That seems to be what they're measuring.
0: Right. So what a lot of people are talking about is as the society is being assaulted by the rulers trying to do this to form more local community connections?
1: Well, uh, uh, the answer is yes. And I was part of the commune movement in, in the 60s. In the early '70s, you know, where people just left the other society and kind of we lived in Menasco, and it was like, you know, people were doing it. It's like you have to withdraw from the system because the system keeps creating this breakdown. It didn't start really just with the lockdowns. That's emphasizing. We know lockdowns don't work. We've proven that it works since
0: 1918. Well, that's assuming that they're trying to do something good. Then they don't work
1: right so no one's well people are being fooled but the research is clear it's not it's not even debatable um, so that's the, the key I and mean, you worrying mess it breaks down the social interaction that's just what it means lockouts break down the social interaction and they're lethal and we see an increase in suicide rate very significantly I don't know the exact statistic, some my mine says tenfold, but I don't think that's true um, in terms of what's happened for people from the lockdowns and the mask and the separation. So really what we're saying is humans are social beings and uh, being healthy builds your immune system. Being happy and healthy in a relationship build your immune system right. because without it you have more chronic disease so if you're trying to think if you're trying to help people okay as you mentioned earlier if you're trying to help people right. Right. you don't want to be breaking down people's ability to, to relate you don't want to keep people separate now we know that doesn't work that's not the point the point is you go out of your way to to look at the research in a real way and say, no, We need people need to socialize, people need to connect um, as part of a healthy development.
0: And this is really important for little kids, too. So find
1: Extremely ways, important.
0: Find ways to not turn the kids over to the school system.
1: Yeah. Um, kids need uh, to socialize. Kids need not to have masks on because so you, you can't see facial expressions and that's part of the, the learning curve I think uh, the research is suggesting similar uh, kids lost a half a year some a year and just uh, the two years of lockdown so it's pretty significant right yeah in terms of social so that's why I really I you know did it because I, I I mean, I'm also trained as a family therapist, so I've been committed to families, groups, network therapy, um, which is networks of people working together to work things out. So I'm a little biased that way, but the research is very clear. You want people to be communicating and in relationships in different ways. Don't have to be married, you know, but... Close, some close relationships make a dramatic difference.
0: So this fits into the larger uh, concept that we were talking about before. That as things are, as these basics are assaulted by the rulers right now, until that gets turned around, we need to be creating a parallel society. Parallel. Yes.
1: Yes. The
0: conclusion with healthy foundation.
1: A healthy relationship-oriented society.
0: Right. And for people that can't homeschool their kids, they can do it in a group. Right? Yes.
1: They can get together. Actually, I would say that would be a preferable way of doing it.
0: That's what the pioneers in the U.S. did when they were. Everybody was busy farming. A group of parents would find somebody they trusted. And could keep in touch with to be the schoolmaster, start right. the kids out in a good way. It was way more advanced than the public school system now.
1: Yes. Uh, so those are those are important important things of how society is what it is. The society, social, and uh, we need to remember that. I mean, that's on one level. Another level is the ability to have a healthy relationship and so many things that are being done to undermine the potential of healthy relationships.
0: Another really important point that you brought up, I thought, the issue of being positive and the hormones that it releases. And that is a real necessity for health. And at the same time, there has to be a way to do it Without losing awareness of your environment You know, for example If your society is under threat Like it is now, for example You don't want to be positive As an excuse for being oblivious Right, so how do you balance those?
1: Well, it's actually pretty simple I'm going to go back to my experience As a captain of an undefeated college football team So There's an Intense Communion in the huddle. Now you got to be out blocking people and tackling people, but in between plays, the huddle, and there's kind of a energetic closeness in that situation. Now uh, I think that that applies to other situations in the same way. As you you build this energetic closeness, where you You don't even have to talk, but you feel the closeness. Right. And And that's... One of those
0: people in the huddle are aware of the other team on a really deep level because they know what they're going to do and how to counter it and stuff like that.
1: Wait, say say what's word.
0: Okay, so the people in the huddle have this good sense of camaraderie which goes with its own hormone releases and... uh, right and good feeling, it doesn't mean they're unaware that the other team wants to come and tackle them.
1: No, just the opposite. You're also planning what you're going to do. Right? You're calling play. What's their play? They remember, in a, a good team, we had a defensive analogy. What?
0: It's an almost perfect analogy. You yeah. just change it a little bit to a game where the other team wants to enslave and kill you. And not yes. just touchdowns, but it's the same basic idea. You don't yes. have to
1: feel bad about it, and that's the point. And we have defensive huddle, offensive huddle, camaraderie, and then what you're doing in the huddle is you're discussing your strategy.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's that's a really perfect image. So, how? Let's see, to continue the analogy, most social groups today would be run over by the other team because they have virtually no awareness of what's actually going on in the world right now. So that part, in addition to the close relationships, needs to get better as well, right? Yeah, absolutely. Because you don't want that wonderful camaraderie and then just get flattened by the other team.
1: Yeah, you have to call plays. You can't just line up randomly. You know, you have a defense, you have an offense, you've got to figure out where you are in the field, and everybody has to be totally in sync. Right. And uh, thought out, you know, you have to call your offensive defensive plays, for sure. But you keep your closeness. You don't lose that.
0: It's a it's a balance, and both critical.
1: Yeah. And I'm also going to say that other things are happening um, that I think are breaking down relationship. They call this zombification. So as people get the bioweapon injections and their inferior anxiety, the, their, the, the God gene, the VGMAT-2 gene, it gets less operative. So people can't tune into their source, and they turn into more a zombie kind of level of violence going on. Where their heart and mind, like we do the prayer, they integrate heart and mind. The heart and mind are not integrated.
0: And so... so this phenomenon of people becoming zombies is pretty widespread, I guess, right?
1: Oh, well, I don't see it so much where I am in Israel. But I do see it in the U.S.
0: Especially in the big cities. Yes. And it's also happening in universities. They're, they're certainly doing their part.
1: Yeah. I, I, the university, universities are concerned because people are trying to be politically correct, but they're really being manipulated because you know, they don't have a clue what's correct. Part of the problem. And uh, so What's
0: the prescription for a zombie Who wants to be in a better relationship
1: It's a hard one And the, the answer is Is that once the Zombification has happened Which means there's a breakdown in the, in the brain, mind, heart Function You actually have to work Individually with people Or group with people with the consciousness of rebuilding the brain-mind-heart connection. So the zombie has to, without
0: the faculties being clear, they have to somehow get in touch with the desire to not be a zombie anymore.
1: Well, that, and they have to have other people they trust who can guide them as well. Right. Right. There has to be some humility in the process. It's a very serious problem because more and more people are losing their grip on that.
0: So where do you where do you get humility? Where do you find people with humility and get it for yourself?
1: Well, you know. Um, it, we're, we're in the process of the Omar, and there's seven kinds of humility. And it's called Hode, the, the Kabbalistic Tree of Life. And right now, this is the week of Hode. So it's a, you, you. what's my point? You create the awareness of the value of humility. How can, society, you, how can you help people do that? Well, the society has to put a value on it. If all you see as your example are kind of arrogant leaders who don't care about anyone else, uh, that is not a good example of of humility. So that's kind of the, the key here. And it says Moses was the most humble of everybody. He was the most humble of all the people. Okay, well, that's, an, that's your leader giving you an example of, of humility. So you need some uh, guidance from the leaders in the way they act.
0: Right. So there's, there's a, you know, a deficiency of that kind of leaders mm-hmm.
1: right now. Oh, uh, I think that's an understatement, yes.
0: Yeah. So, how do we fix that? Uh,
1: That takes it into kind of a political statement. The political statement is you have to have a population who put the value on uh, character, humility, being part of that, and begin to elect people who have uh, a good uh, character. You know, that are classically seen as healthy characteristics. You see them that, movie? Easy. I think there's more movement in that direction Not that people have to be perfect But I believe there's some counter-movement To the absurdity of the leaders today or, 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 That we're seeing around the world Not just yeah. in the United States
0: There's a growing awareness of the the state of the process Of electing leaders now too Did you see that movie that just came out from D'Souza? Mm-hmm. 2000, 2000, 2000
1: Mules uh, I kind of saw clips of it I did not see the full yeah, movie it's a good movie
0: it just looked at one part it, it's acknowledging that to elect good leaders you kind of have to have an election process that actually works
1: well yeah but that's a, that's a different issue than what I'm saying
0: oh I know but we
1: need yeah. to create that too yeah well You can't have a corrupt society And expect you're going to have a healthy election
0: So all these things are pushing toward the Rise of a new civilization New
1: society Uh, Somewhat, we can say Western civilization is having a really hard time right now
0: Decentralized So that it can be physical right?
1: Right But again, you need some level of leadership inspired leadership to do that. I think it was Thomas Jefferson who said, the republic is good if you can keep it.
0: Yeah, I think was kind of didn't keep it at this point.
1: Right. Have
0: right. to get it back.
1: Yeah. That's the easy way of doing it. If not, the hard way happens.
0: I'm not, what are you saying? I'm not sure.
1: What I'm saying is the easy way is people say we got to get it back and vote and votes are allowed and they counterpoint the election fraud because now they've been doubly, triply warned that there's election fraud. There's nothing new here and they don't allow certain mechanisms to happen. They have to sharpen up and vote rather than, well, we'll have a, we'll have a big epidemic that day and too dangerous to go vote and, you know, we'll have the drop-off boxes and we'll have, you know, mules going and, you know, one guy goes to 20 different drop-off boxes with fake votes and, you know, you can't have that. So there has to be some safeguards at some level to make that work.
0: So if there's a coordinated uh, group right now that's working diametrically opposed to what you're suggesting then the whole question comes down to similar to a physical problem in someone's body you know you're talking about detox and nutrition right and those are basic principles of healing so if there's an analogy between an individual body and a society there's detox and nutrition needed right and the detox would be Removing the blockage to nature which is the people in charge in the ruling positions that intend to destroy everything that would be the detox and then the nutrition is these new kind of leaders and consciousness of the population coming up yes right so it's back to what you were proposing before with your worldwide meditation yeah
1: and I want to urge people to keep doing that at whatever, whatever you are in the world, 10 o'clock p.m. visual time, when we visualize, i just review it very quickly for people before we end, yeah. and visualize um, the, the energy flowing uh, from the heavens around the planet Earth, up to the planet Earth, through your feet, to the lytic gland, which is two finger breaths below the belly button and then releasing the sacred feminine energy exploding going further up through other chakras to the center point of god and that releases down a flowing energy uh that activates the pineal gland which is the source of the sacred masculine and those two energies are moving in different directions and they connect and the heart thymus or where my hand is, and there's this big explosion, and, and there's a column of white prolific light, and it spreads out throughout the whole body, burning up all the nanobots and all the uh, different things, they, uh, uh, graph- graphene oxide and graphene hydroxide and on and on, and that begins to spread out through the whole planet, in this column of light, bringing up all the darkness and uh, transforming the darkness. And then it goes out to the solar system and ultimately in the galaxy and prior to creation. That's all happening. At the same time, this white light that's exploded in your heart by area actually begins to move in a sphere that surrounds the whole planet and beams light down onto the planet, transforming all the humans and all the mammals and all the birds and all the reptiles and all the amphibians and the insects and the plants and the trees into beings of light, and the whole living planet turns into a planet of light. Now that, and we're doing that every day, helps us really transform the planet, transform the global mind and the global consciousness. So then, from that point of view, then everybody starts getting more aligned with the truth of who they are.
0: So two questions come to mind. One is that there's a relationship to what you're focused on with the meditation and relationships. Do you want to say a little bit about how those are connected?
1: Well, the the whole point of, uh, not the whole point, but a major thing about relationships is that relationships, two people come together to help people, each other, evolve spiritually. So when you create the space for the other to really be themselves within that sacred relationship, they evolve, and they create the space for you to be uh, the safe space for you to evolve spiritually, and you support each other in your in, in the spiritual evolvement. Plus, naturally, people bang into each other, so to speak, in um, as part of developing the relationship, and they're carrying their family patterns. Usually, by two years, it shows up. It used to be the seven-year age, but two years these days, where your family patterns that you brought with you show up in the relationship, and then you have this wonderful opportunity to work it through because you build up enough trust in the relationship, and you create the space for that person to do that healing. So um, you can just say that relationship is a spiritual path.
0: The other thing is when you're doing the meditation... There's a subtle point that I think is really important. Um, You can do it in a way where in the back of your mind you're thinking, I'm just doing this little thing, you know, to feel better, and this is my belief, versus, no, I'm doing something that's having a really deep, powerful effect. And there's some level on which when that shifts, the effect on the outside starts becoming more visible.
1: Right. You're, you're literally affecting the global mind at that point.
0: Yeah. So, how do you make that more real?
1: Uh, well, there's been over 300 studies to kind of suggest that it is real. For the
0: individual, how do you get them more into the experience that this is uh, really something happening?
1: I think, in my experience, when doing this, So we've had a piece 21 meditation since 1985, so that's 35 years, 37 years. And when people do it together, even in small groups, there's a sense of well being that happens that is the automatic positive feedback. Even if you're, you know, three people or five people, 10 people, 20 people, you know, it's still going you know, to, it works. 100 people, it still works. So that's how you do it. You get people to do it and draw people, other people into it, and the positive experience of that then helps magnetize more and more people.
0: So this sounds almost like the real version of what you might call a church or a temple. Right? It's a gathering. Yes.
1: Yes. yes. And, and there is some research that shows that people who go to temple or church do have better health and have less divorce.
0: Right. So when you're advocating worldwide participation in the meditation, you're talking about a form of that kind of... Uh, what would it be called, a church or a temple or something? You know, it's, it's like on a universal scale.
1: Yeah, well, you're, you're joining in the global mind. You're not necessarily in the same space, but if you can be once a day, and can meet for 10 minutes or 15 minutes, that's going to enhance everyone's life.
0: Right. So you can be doing both the physical new community that... You're talking about starting wherever you live Yes At the same time the global connection
1: Absolutely That's just what does happen
0: Right Yeah When that really spreads and transforms The world It'll be interesting to see what kind of institutions Follow that and what changes
1: A lot of change will happen
0: Yeah Less slavery and more cooperation.
1: Uh, yeah, more sense of oneness. Right. Uh, kind-heartedness.
0: Based on the understanding and the vision that other people are you. They're yeah. not outsiders.
1: Everybody's one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I think we should do that right away.
1: Well, we're offering it every night, every, every day at the same time for people to do it. And we're all doing it around the world at the same time. Right. So we encourage everybody to do it. I did go through that outline. Maybe next week we'll do that meditation for everybody. again. That'd just That would be really good.
0: And in the meantime, people can... Do something to experience that sense of oneness instead of alienation that you're talking about.
1: Yeah, exactly what I'm talking about. In the old times of the 60s, we said power to the people.
0: Yeah, I remember that.
1: <laughs> power to the people.
0: Yeah, you're just giving it a little bit different twist. Yeah. Not,
1: power, not power against
0: the bad guys.
1: Right. Power against... Empowering the people,
0: yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Even the bad guys can join anytime they want, and
1: allow themselves to transform into the oneness experience. That's
0: right. That's right. It's like the old image in the '60s of the little kid presenting the flower to the policeman or the soldier. That wasn't yeah. just nonsense. There's there's something in that.
1: That's called a profound meta communication.
0: Yeah. So, how would you describe in a sentence or two the homework for the week?
1: So the homework for the week. Now you give us the metaphor. Give a flower to someone who you don't know, and see uh, how they respond. Shy. What was it? I said that oh. would be
0: Shocking, right?
1: Yeah. Do something nice to somebody. Does that be a physical flower? Do something
0: nice to somebody. Anything kind. Yeah. Unexpected, especially.
1: And see how that helps the connection.
0: And not just to the people you think are really nice.
1: Right? Right? You have to do it to people who are having trouble.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think that's a beautiful image.
1: Okay, so may everybody be blessed that you're able we're all able to make this heart connection in a bigger, and bigger way and we create a new world consciousness that brings divine order and love and peace to the living planet and to everyone on it. Amen. A whole whole metaculacid. Shalom, 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 Om shati, shati, shati. Yes. And thank you, Doug, and thank you, Richard, for allowing this to happen.
0: Yeah, it's exciting. All we have to do is let it spread.
1: Yeah. Which means you don't
0: have to convince everybody else. Just do it yourself and watch. Yes. All right.
1: But bring a friend along.
0: All right. We'll see you next time.
1: Okay, Richard. Very good.
0: Oh, here oh. You guys are, and There was a lot of uh, depth of meaning in that. I hope you caught it. And um, that's the whole point, uh, I think, of this series. And the reason <clears throat> that Dr. Cousins wanted us to do it is for the inspiration and the change and our response to what's going on in the world rather than, you know, how do we fight evil? And there's an inherent misconception in that. And you you certainly, you know, when you're pushed into a position, you have to have the ability for self-defense and protecting others on a physical level and preparing on a physical level and all that. But what happens on the physical level, it's been largely forgotten that that is determined to a great degree by what you do internally. And we've we've gotten so superficial that we're not mostly aware of what we're doing internally and it's just all scattered and different thoughts of critiquing everybody else and things that are just completely off the mark and distracting and blow away your time. And working on yourself is an antidote to that, as Dr. Cousins was explaining. So, I think part of it is the understanding that we're radiating an unseen energy. It can be described as a frequency or an emotion. It's not the thoughts that have power, it's the emotion behind them. And if that gets focused, then a small group becomes more powerful than a huge number. And I think that's part of What Dr. Cousins is inviting us to do is live with a different consciousness. And the relationships that you're in, whether it's marriage or work or friendships or casual meetings in a grocery store or whatever, those are to a great degree directed and controlled by what you're carrying around internally. And most of us tend to think, you know, this just happened by chance and these nice people or these nasty people come up to me and there's no reason for it, it just happened. And that's been found not to be the case. So if we want to make use of what Dr. Cousins is talking about this week and have more quality come into your life and different kinds of people and more depth in the relationships that you do have or the marriage that you have or the friendships that you have, change yourself not into something strange that you have to figure out. You change yourself into what you actually are. And I wrote down some note I wanted to share with you. What was it? Um, Well, it was the the connection between the quality of the relationships that you're in and what you're doing inside. So this thing about meditation that Dr. Cousins is talking about and that we're Still working on in Planetary Healing Club every week live in person if you want to join us for that, planetaryhealingclub.com. That's not something shallow that you just do externally for a few minutes. That's supposed to give you a taste and a reminder of what you're living in all day. It has to do with removing the stress if you want to do that. And you take responsibility and gradually realize or quickly realize that stress and contention and anxiety and all this really bad feeling that most of us live with all day in some form and to different degrees that go up and down, is not coming from the outside. It's not coming from other people. It's coming from our response to them and the emotional response. And what the meditation signifies is you're going to change that and relax it, and get in contact with who you've always been, but we kind of forgot, and that's contagious. So if you want to really contribute to the outside world situation, in addition to the outer projects that you're doing, and physical things you're working on that are really good, those are empowered by what you're doing internally, and it's a good time to get aware of that. You're in some kind of meditation all day. Everybody is, and we're involved in prayer all day. Everybody, atheists, Christians, Buddhists, Jews—you uh, know, no matter what belief system you've got. There, there's stories of some old Christian saint saying you should pray all the time, and everybody thinks, "Well, wow, you have to memorize some kind of prayer and be praying it." And if your mouth gets tired, you keep trying to say it over and over. That's not what it's about. You're already doing it. But what are you praying for? It's mostly what whatever you're worried about it becomes your mantra. And the fear becomes the mantra. And the global rulers want that enhanced and want us afraid of everything and afraid of each other, afraid of viruses that they forgot to prove existed. And yeah, they're doing bioweapons for sure. But... Protecting yourself against that doesn't require fear at all. In fact, nothing requires fear. That was a scam. And the. in fact, the idea of Dr. Cousins was talking about with producing uh, oxytocin as an example of a hormone that is produced by an emotion, that's true of fear too, except it produces all the ones that tear you down. So, if you're not too attached to being afraid, talk to your mind and tell it that it doesn't need to project fear anymore. It's not going to be useful for what we need to do. You want to project something that you want to spread, and that's generally not fear. So, what's the opposite that you can produce by a different focus? And not just a focus of a thought, but a focus of remembering or imagining what it feels like. And that starts to reverberate out of you, and that's really powerful the more it gets focused. So I, what I took in part from what he's talking about today is let that flow into the relationships that you have. It's not so much about finding new people. Those are going to show up according to what you're, you're putting out. Not even verbally, just what's radiating out of you all the time. So make sure that's what you want to attract. And like attracts like, it was really true. You know, it's like, uh, it's been talked about for a long time, but now we're at the stage where you need to actually drop the pretense and the pretending stuff and putting on an image that you want people to see and just dropping that. You know, and uh, letting the reality saturate you because the reality on a deeper level is all beauty. It's what you connect to in meditation. And we can start anytime, and I think this would be a good time. So we got to go, but um, stay in touch with us at lostartsradio.com. And if you're interested in Planetary Healing Club, that's planetaryhealingclub.com. And... We're not doing commercials, as I've said before, so if you want to donate to our work, that's great. helps us keep on the air until we figure out how to do it with no money at all, which we've got projects on hold now for funding. And uh, there's a donate button at lostartsradio.com and a subscribe star link that also works for that. And shortly there will be a Bitcoin link uh, for people who want to get involved that way. But... Um, we all have to support each other. You know, our function here is, what can we do to help? Instead of just saying, oh, things are really bad in the world, which is clearly the case, not by accident, how much power do you have to start changing it? Which, according to the basic idea of the meditation and the energy that you can allow to flow through you from the source, you have a lot of power, even if nobody knows that you exist. It doesn't matter. So get in touch with it. Find out how to translate the meditation to your rest of your life. And we can work on it together. So I appreciate you and I consider you the hope for the world. Um, we need to transition from zombies back to who we actually are. Drop the defensiveness. Forget about being offended by anything. Forget about the brainwashing that the rulers want. You know, where you don't know who you are. You're afraid of everything. You don't know what gender you are. You're afraid of people saying the wrong thing because you're going to get offended. Uh, Important safety tip about that. Being offended about anything is completely a waste of time. And it's not necessary. So relax and get strong reconnect. And we'll see you next time here. Talk to you soon. Have a good week.